The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner. You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We're here to remind you, you're grown and you got this. Welcome to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook, and today we are talking about money. Yes, all about financial decisions and money matters, which, as we know, is not something that we like to talk about. Marriage is a partnership, with a big part of that partnership being the finances. Divorce, for many couples, comes down to the money. So we need to talk about it. I am excited to be joined today by Nikki Tucker, the founder of The Firm Approach. Nikki is a divorce financial strategist, She's a mom, part-time foodie, and a 16-year financial professional who helps female breadwinners prepare their finances for a divorce. Her zones of genius are strategic thinking and training, and she uses that to show women how to confidently maintain their financial security whether they end up divorced or not. She works with clients through her on-demand digital resource, Silent Preparation Series, and her seasonal virtual signature group program. She is definitely a grown girl and somebody that I'm so excited to have with us today. So Nikki, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Likewise, likewise. I am super honored to be here with you and so excited about your podcast. When when you let me know that you were rolling out a podcast, I'm like, yes! awesome awesome I just think you have so much to contribute and obviously you're a grown girl for multiple reasons uh, but just total badass so I'm I'm super excited to be here with you listen thank you and look I it's so important for me to be able to give voice to you know black women and women of color um, because a lot of times our voices are not heard when it comes to divorce marriage, prenup, finances. This is really, to me, a way for us to have the conversations that need to be had, but with the information that is the right information, right? Because a lot of times we are getting information from places that we shouldn't be getting. (laughs) So... (laughs) I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we we tend to let uh, our girlfriends lead us down a path that um, that isn't always the right path. But today, right, we are uh, we're we're gonna help with that. So your bio says you're a divorce financial strategist. What is that, and what does that mean, and and you know how can that help a woman going through or thinking about divorce? Yeah, yeah. So the the key thing for me in helping women is really just making sure that they feel secure 
and their ability to provide for themselves and their family. Like at the end of the day, I strongly believe that all women deserve financial security. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you're married, if you're single, divorced, whatever, like just basic necessity here. And so when it comes to divorce, one of the most important things you can do to pursue the life that you want, assuming that, you know, you're in an unhappy marriage or not so great marriage, and you're looking to come out on the other side stronger and happier, the pursuit of that is about strategy. It's not going to happen by happenstance (laughs) and you don't just kind of fall into it. And more often than not, when you hear women that have gone through a disastrous divorce experience or they end up with a settlement that they didn't think was really fair, or they ended up paying more money um, just for the divorce altogether, a lot of it has to do with a lack of strategy. And so because I'm super passionate about money and finances in general and really keen on helping as many women as I possibly can, I just decided to, to put the two of those things together because I recognized that there was a true gap in the marketplace. We all know that women statistically suffer more financially in general than men because they earn less. And we're talking about like the wage gap and the fact that they outlive their spouses and they tend to be very apprehensive about investing and all of those, all of those things. So then if you add on the complication of a divorce, now you're talking about potentially more financial dire straits and just trying to avoid that. So, you know, look, that's how it came to be. (laughs) I no, I think that's fantastic because Here's the thing. I think there's this huge misconception, right, that going into things blindly, it'll just kind of work itself out. And we know that that's not the case, right? And, you know, sometimes it might, you might look up, right? But in most cases, that's not true. And so the idea of having a strategy is huge. And anyone who says that, Divorce is not about strategy, has never been through a divorce. Right. (laughs) I think that you are kidding yourself if you think that your spouse is not coming to the table with some plan or strategy for every move because that's how it works. But that being said, a lot of women tend to be very concerned about what a strategy looks like and concerned in a way where it is they're unable to then really foster a plan. And when we talk about a financial strategy, at least from the divorce attorney perspective, my first thought and my first question is, what's your budget? What is your lifestyle? And I can't tell you the number of times where I get a blank stare. And we're not Mm -hmm. talking about women who um, are not smart or uneducated. We're talking about very successful women who are doing big things but have no idea the ins and outs of of their lifestyle. And, And so... I oftentimes say, well, look, here's what we're going to do. You're going to, you know, sit down and write down what you think is coming in each month and what you think is going out each month. And I will tell you nine times out of 10, it's wrong. Right, right. Right? Well, you just said so many things that that I just have to unpack a bit. And, And the first thing has to do with the strategy piece. 
I think that there's a perception or correlation between being strategic and being manipulative yes. or being underhanded. And that is not what we mean when we're talking about having a strategy, being proactive, being informed um, and educated and really understanding options and understanding what's true and what's not true. So to your point, just because your girlfriend went through X, Y, Z or had said situation doesn't mean that you will because no two marriages and no two divorces are alike because everyone's situation is different. Oh my God, we we are, we're the same person. (laughs) We we really are the same person, right? Because I say that a thousand times. No two marriages are alike, which means no two divorces are alike, but okay, go ahead. Yes, yeah. So that's the first thing that we are trying to reverse the thinking as it as far as having a strategy it's just like well what does that mean and i don't want to do anything dirty or underhanded so no that's not what we're talking about here and the other thing is making sure that you have a plan so that doesn't mean that it's not going to be scary that doesn't mean it's not going to be emotional or that you won't be concerned about how your kids will fare or just all of the things the million things that you're thinking right. about but despite all of those concerns and worries it's still okay to have a plan. And it also doesn't mean that the plan can't change. But having a good foundation and a starting point, as you said, knowing, well, what is your budget? What's your lifestyle? How much money do you actually have coming in? How many assets do you actually have? How much debt do you have? There it is. Are there accounts out there that you don't know about, right? Right. All of these things are critically important when you're talking about making plans and strategically getting through your divorce so that five years from now, you're not pissed about the outcome. Right. Right? Right. But it's the foundation, right? I need to know where we're starting from, right? And frankly, you need to know where we're starting from. It is the proverbial robbing Peter to pay Paul. And the reason I, I bring that one up because you mentioned debt, and I have a number of clients who come mm-hmm. in and they want to talk about how their high lifestyle, they have 10 cars and four beach houses. And then we start unpacking the finances and I'm thinking, well, this is nothing but smoke and mirrors. And so, and, and so to the robbing Peter to pay Paul, we're moving money. We're, we're doing all kinds of things. And so we need to understand the baseline. I need to understand what's actually coming in and what's actually going out. And then we formulate the plan or the strategy. And to your point, plans can change, right? And and that's okay, but we at least need a starting point so we have some direction by which to move forward. And if it's not, look, if it's not scary, we're doing something wrong. I, I mean, really, Absolutely. right? I mean, divorce is a scary thing. Like, I, I, I make no exactly. mistake. And it is certainly nothing that exactly. anybody thinks on their it wedding is. day that they're going to end up in my office. That That's not a thing. But what is a thing is saying, okay, here's where I'm at right now. And, you know, how do we figure this out based on where I'm at and what's kind of in front of me? And And do you even know what you want? So you know you want to get divorced. Right. Okay. Now what? What else do you know? Right. Do you, do you know, right. What, what else do you have as a part of the plan and the end strategy? And and so working with clients and, and having the opportunity to, to talk to women and 
hear about their concerns. To your point, women that are incredibly smart and incredibly talented and kick butt in so many different areas. And then we have a conversation and they're worried if they'll be able to pay their bills. Yes. Or they're worried if, you know, if they have to leave their neighborhood or if they'll be able to get the home that they want. And all those things are valid concerns, don't get me wrong, but they're relatively easy questions to answer once you start digging and and uncovering the information. So the reason that I enjoy what I do and am really passionate about what I do is because preparation, and you hear it all the time, is, is really key. And so if I can make the process smoother, even for other divorce professionals that I work with, then everybody wins. If I'm making things easier so that you get a client that's super organized and they have an idea about what they want and they have all of their financial draft affidavits completed and everything organized and they pull their credit report and they've done all of the things, you're like, oh, this is less work than I have to do. Look, when I tell you, when I have a unicorn like that that comes in the door, I am super excited for so many Mm. reasons but I will tell you what I tell the client who comes in the door. You have just saved yourself a boatload of money. And people yes. don't yes. think about that when they're asking about, well, how much is this going to cost me? How much, you know, why is this so expensive? And what I have to say is there's a lot of the work and preparation that clients can actually do before you hit the door. And yes, if you yes. come to the table saying, all right, Here really is, you know, my last three years, five years of tax returns. Here are a budget that I've kind of worked through. Here's the most recent bank account, credit card statements. Here's a list of the assets. Here's a list of the debts that I know. You are already ahead of the game because that's the very information that I'm looking for and that I'm going to be asking for. And so taking the kind of reins and saying, all right, here you go. I'm, I'm taking control of this. Let me give you all of this information so you, Kim, you, divorce lawyer, whoever you are, can hit the ground running. It, it's huge. It's tremendous. But you know what it also does? It takes the fear, I think, of the unknown out of the way. Because... To your point about questions related to financial security, a lot of those questions can be answered relatively easy. Can I afford to pay for the house that I currently live in? Well, that's either going to be a yes or a no. Will I have to go back to work? Will I have to pay support, spousal or child support? Again, those those are dollars questions. And if I have the information... I can provide that in a relatively short time period. Now, I can't tell you what the end outcome yes. may be, but I can certainly say, all right, yes, it appears that for the last five years, your husband has been unemployed and you've been the primary breadwinner. Well, there's a very good chance then that you were paying some type of yes. support. Now, if you say yes. to, you know, I mean, I mean that's, that, that's, that's the kind of conversation I'm able to have. Now, of course, every situation is different and circumstances, different. you know, change. And, but coming to the table with that kind of information is super helpful. It is. And it's a part of what we said in the beginning. 
the strategy. Strategy. So uh, people don't think about that as being a, sh- a strategic move, but it truly is. The, the two primary concerns that most women have when they're even talking to me is, I don't know where to start and I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. And so to your point, if we're working through, well, here are your options as far as starting, right. okay? And it's dependent upon your situation, but here are some other things that maybe you haven't thought of, okay? And when you and I, when we first connected and we were talking about just the idea of women being able to build like a divorce support team, right? that's an incredible thing to have to not only get you through sanely, <laughs> to get you through the process <laughs> sanely, yes, but also that it's an opportunity to save money because you're spending your dollars and your time with the right professional. That's right. Traditionally, people, for for good reason, have gone through the process and been solely dependent on their attorney for everything. Yep. So they want their attorney to be their financial coach. They want the attorney to be their therapist, um, the parenting coordinator, like all the all things. All the things. <laughs> all the things. All the things. And the idea, and I've heard so many women say is, well, that's their job. That's what you pay them for. Oh, that's not really their job. No, right? They're no. legal experts. They're not financial experts. They're not experts in parenting and custody and all of those things. And at the same time, you're paying a pretty damn penny a good one. for these services or for their ear. Sometimes they just, yes. you know, you need someone to listen when there are other people that are available and you don't have to be wealthy. Very often when we're thinking about options that are available to us, whether it's going through a divorce or even something as simple as having a cleaning lady, right? right. They're like, oh, that's for rich people. Right. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. So if you're going to Starbucks work, five days a week, you can you. you can pay someone to, to clean your house. I can promise up, you that. Do it's, some laundry, tidy yes. up the closet or what. I hate doing laundry. And oh. so when I first got a cleaning lady and started telling people, I would get comments like, oh, it must be nice. Oh, it, you know, I wish I had somebody to, to do that. Oh, you could. You could. Because let me tell you how cheap it is, right? So it's also about re- reframing the divorce experience and educating people and helping them to understand that there are modern options available yes. um, if you're talking to the right people. Well, that's the thing. I mean, look, everything I think in this process is about educating yourself and spending the time and then the money in the right places. So certainly when potential client comes to me talking about parenting matters. We're talking about financial matters. Yes, I know the law. I know the strategy. I know ways to negotiate a settlement in those areas, right? But is it helpful to me to have a financial strategist or for you to come in and say, well, listen, here is really my budget. Here's kind of analysis. Here's the information. As a part of a proposal, Kim, can we incorporate some of these? And I can look at it and I can say, well, look, here's why this may work as a part of the negotiation, or here's why this may not work, or this is in the framework. But this is information for me to have and to use, which is helpful to you in the long run, right? And so those things are really important as a part of, as 
we talked about putting together a, a support team. And that support team should certainly include mm-hmm. somebody who's going to help you understand finances and walk you through the implications of a divorce before, during, and then after. Absolutely. Now, Especially will, the after part. Oh, the after is huge. Especially the after It's part. huge. Listen, if you have a divorce judgment that requires you to pay support for an extended period of time, that's what your judgment says. But I'm not the person who is going to then make sure that you follow whatever budget and plan, because once the the judgment is entered, I'm handing you the documents and saying, okay, I'm basically handing it off to somebody else at that point as it relates to you carrying this forward. And so being able to work with someone in a supportive role to help you understand your finances and what you can do on a going forward basis as far as planning purposes is absolutely helpful. Now, I I do want to do a quick disclaimer. I have had cases where I've got a financial advisor who gassed up my client's head about why they need a $50,000 a month support package. And my response is, well, that's not going to happen, right? Or how they're going to be broke come next year if they only get $8,000 a month. And my response is, well, here's the reality for everybody. Your life is going to change in some way after divorce, whether you are the recipient of support or whether you're paying support, you're going from one household to two. And so whether it's a huge change or a little change, changes are going to happen. So it's unrealistic to say, I'm going to be able to spend exactly at this level. I'm going to be able to do everything that I have always been able to do in this exact same way. I can get you kind of close your life has changed. That's a new, it, there's a, there are new things. And so it's important to frame that. And, and so I do often say to clients who are like, well, I was under the impression that this is going to let me retire tomorrow. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know about no, that. Ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, sir. <laughs> uh, you know, let, let's calm yeah. down. I, I am super, super sensitive to conversations like that. Yeah. My intention is always to provide the most realistic information. And so part of the reason that even I started, once I started going down the divorce path instead of just the more general financial path for breadwinners was making sure that I was studying in this particular industry and understanding what's realistic. Because it's one thing to be, a financial advisor and just talk about life outside of divorce. Right. But it's another thing to think about the strategy associated with the financial planning, financial decisions, and how that connects to what's realistic for divorce outcomes. So people thinking to your point that, you know, because you're a woman, you're not going to pay alimony. Not true. Not right. Or you're not going to have to pay child support. Not true. So let, let's underline that twice, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> we're having a real conversation here. Yes, and yes. let me be the first one to say, if you 
are the primary breadwinner, there is a good chance that you are paying some type of support. And that's yeah. a hard thing for women to hear. And and I'm going to just say it and people are going to be mad at me. However, as a black woman, I'm going to say it. It is hard for us as black women to hear that we are paying somebody some type of support. There is nothing harder to me than sitting in a meeting when I can see the writing on the wall and I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. And, you know, unfortunately, in the middle of the day, I can't take like a shot of tequila when I'm about to deliver (laughs) the estimated support numbers to to some women. But it's it's the reality, right? And it is something that we often are blindsided, and I put that in quotes, by, but we shouldn't be, right? And But it also right. doesn't mean that you are being punished Absolutely. for working hard. It's the reality. It, it's, it's your reality, and it's been your family's reality. So it's a hard pill to swallow. But again, I go to, if your spouse has been unemployed for the last five years, and you guys have been fortunate enough to go on vacations and live in a very nice house, and you and your spouse drive great cars based on your income, kudos to you. But all of a sudden, the court is not going to say, oh, well, it is what it is. You're not having to pay support, and that other person's going to keep it moving. No, don't. No. So don't even set yourself up for that heartache. Yes, yes. And that's why I love part of the work that you do, because you just lay it out so transparently. I'm a lay it out person. <laughs> I lay it out first. I'm gonna lay it down, <laughs> so just... people, so people understand what to expect, and really are just more in tune with reality. And and I've said it before, but I love your position on prenups because, okay. you know, part of what we just talked about, some of those surprises when you get to the table, yes. they're avoidable. They're avoidable. Avoidable. <laughs> Okay, before we even jump to the prenup, because, oh, that's a whole full-on conversation, which we are going to get into. I I do, I want to say that, you know, I think it's so important to be upfront and honest with people about the reality of the situation. And for me, I play no games with surprises. I don't like sugar coating. Look, here here it is what it is and now let's figure out a plan and do what we need to do. And that doesn't I I think mean that I'm trying to come off as abrasive, but I find it to be a disservice to people who are blindsided at the time of the entry of judgment. This is a very difficult process. And so it's important to me from the outset to say, okay, here's the deal. Based on your marriage, based on your lifestyle, based on, you know, all the information that we have right now, here's what we're looking at. Here is a strategy that we can work with and work through. We can try to negotiate different things and see where that gets us. But I want you to know, because frankly, I would want to know. And I treat my clients in that same way. I would want somebody to say to me, Kim, here is what's about to happen or what could happen. And I want you to tell me so that I can prepare myself well in advance. But that's just, you know, that's just how I roll. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I feel the same way. It's important for 
especially for women, because I feel like we tend to be a bit more compassionate or sensitive or just trying to to, to be nice and kind. And that, yes. that's that's totally fine. But to your point about being prepared and what to expect, don't expect your partner, one, to do the things that you would do. So right. don't project your actions, behavior, strategies, or whatever, and say, well, I wouldn't do that to them. So they wouldn't do that to me. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know that. <laughs> and you also don't know what it, what that, how that person is going to respond going through a divorce. You may have known what it was like to be Please married preach. to them. Please. But you, you've never been through a divorce with this person. No, ma- no. Well, maybe you have if it's the second time around. But, but, well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's the exception. But for the most part, you've never, you don't know this person going through a divorce. No. So they may not do the things that that we're trying to warn you about, but you need to be prepared for the possibility. I can't tell you how how I have emotional, physical reactions when I hear or read about a woman that is experiencing not having money because she's shocked that he took all of the money out of the account. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Come come come, come on. on. Come where yes. you been? Yes. Well, but here's the thing. The first thing I always say, you know your spouse better than I ever will. And I know my cases well. But the games and the buttons that people push and how they react to certain things, you know that. And so your, I think, as the client job is to say, okay, look, here, here is how this rolls, right? This is how this person is likely to react or respond in this way. Now, we can't always guarantee that response because that's true. Divorce, you know, turns things upside down and some people can surprise you. You wouldn't think that they act one way and then they do. But most of the time, they're going to act just like you thought they will. And a part of the strategy for a lot of my clients is we are not going to react in the way that your spouse thinks. Let's change the game, especially when it deals with finances. So if you come into the marriage or sorry, the divorce as the person who is not financially savvy, who doesn't really know the numbers or hasn't really looked at the tax returns. My job is to educate you and to help you get comfortable because the other person is banking on that. And so a part of the process is I want you to know the ins and outs. I want you to feel comfortable in saying, okay, yes, this makes sense because again, I'm not with you forever. And so a part of this process is me helping educate and bring someone to a place where they are comfortable in making decisions because now I've given them the tools. And a part of the tools is directing them to individuals such as you, Nikki, that can say, all right, this is how we can work together and make this something that you are now comfortable with. Okay. So you said my buzzword and you know, I'm, I'm ready to get into, I know, I know, prenup. Cause you know, that's a whole thing for me. You know, the, the word prenuptial agreement is so taboo. 
people get all in their feelings. Two years into their marriage, things aren't working. There's a lot of questions. And then I'm the one saying, oh, well, ooh, yes, this is actually marital. Ooh, yeah, well, you know, you are going to pay support. Ooh, yeah, well, maybe we should have thought about this. I'm looking at them thinking, you know, you really should have had a prenup. What, what, what is going on here? I know it has a lot to do mm-hmm. with culture. I know it has a lot to do with the feeling of I'm in love and therefore I don't want to ruffle any feathers by asking because yes. it it will come off like I'm worried about us not making it or that I'm concerned about. There's projection, projection. And I'm the first one to say, look, it's an insurance policy, okay? And you have it. You put it in a drawer like and you hope you failure. never need That's it. That's what it feels like. But in the event yeah. you do, you go right to that drawer and you bring it on out and you're glad that you have it. Period. There is a, a phrase or a buzzword, whatever you want to call it, that resonates so hard with me. It's financial peace of mind. Peace of mind. Okay. That's what prenups provide. That's what Financial peace of mind. Even if I, I say to clients... If you go through this process with me and we're, again, we're organizing your financial information, we're looking at credit, we're looking at budgets, we're figuring, like you said, what what does life look like before, during, and after financially? And and how do we work with your team to to, to make you as happy as possible? And you don't end up being divorced. You'll have financial peace of mind. Yes. You will be so informed and so in tune with where you stand financially and what you need to do to improve things, if that's your situation, or just how to manage things more efficiently and more effectively. Having financial peace of mind at various stages of your life, but especially when you get older, is critical and you cannot get the time back. So when I listen to women and and I'm talking to some of my girlfriends that are like head over hills in love. In love. No, like we're we're never gonna end. That's cool. I'm I'm a romantic. I like rom coms and love Jones. (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) Not not Love Jones. You know that's my favorite movie. (laughs) My favorite movie. Oh my God. (laughs) Favorite. Favorite movie. Yeah. I can quote lines. Lines. I wanted to be Nia. I, I moved to Chicago thinking that I was the new Nia Long, but okay, go ahead. Sorry. But at the end of the day, if, if you don't make it, then what? All of the work that you've done, the education, yes, all of the hours that you've spent on your job, all the work you've done to get a promotion, the, the strategies you've used to save and put money in the bank, and then you get married and you co-mingle. And you co-mingle. And, and all that goes out the window. And now, two, four, five, ten years later, you're getting divorced. And all the work yep. that you did and the efforts that you saw from that work, you have to split the fruits yes, of that do. labor. Yes, you do. You, you, you weren't strategic about the decision. Marriage is a business transaction. That is okay? what it is. It's a is a relationships are are not love. That that's fine. 
but you can have a baby. Yep. You can live together. Yep. You can buy property. Yep. You can do all the things all the without things. being married. You okay? can. Once you have to involve the courts, once you have to get a license <laughs> in order to right. in order to solidify something, that's when it becomes a business transaction and you have to put on your strategic hat and treat it as such. Baby, I love you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. But just in case, just in case that doesn't happen, let's make sure that we put some parameters in place to make sure that you're okay and, and that, that I'm, I'm okay. okay. Yes, that's it. And especially if we have kids. Yes. I don't want you to jack. I have a 15-year-old son. I don't want you to jack up anything for that would impact my son's financial future yep. because I didn't make the right decision. That That's my struggle. And so to your point about it being a cultural thing, I recognize that it's a cultural thing. I really do. And at the same time, I know that we we struggle with our own mortality. We do. There's so many of us that don't have life insurance policies yes. because we struggle with our mortality. But we know without a shadow of a doubt that we're going to die. That is okay? what we are. Well, like, that's that's not even a question. Let's just right. be clear. Yeah, that, <laughs> not a question. But we still won't get life insurance policies. So trying to, to get our women and our families and our communities to understand the importance of financial planning and strategic preparation and the just in case, right? The document in the drawer point that you yes. just made, it's a battle. It's, it's a, a battle. battle. But it's one that I'm still willing to help you. Oh, fight. listen, I, I am at the forefront because look, okay, you are given all the stuff today right now because here's the thing. When we talk about protecting yourself, protecting your future, and thinking about all of the work that went into whatever you're bringing to the table at the time of marriage, that should not be undermined. Most of us are getting married later. We've established some level of, you know, whether it's higher education or property ownership or some level of a salary, we, we are coming into a marriage with something. And there really is this misconception that you have to be wealthy. I, I'm not saying that your name needs to be Blue Ivy Carver. That is, that's a whole different ball game, right? Clearly yeah. she will have a prenuptial agreement. Let's it be is clear a, it, on It that. will be a requirement. It will be a requirement. And to that, anybody who will date this child and end up marrying her at some point, that will be a known fact. And it won't yes. even be an issue. Okay? No, it'll be accepted. It will be, accepted. be accepted. And so that should be the same way that we treat ourselves. And it's not any knock. It is yes. not any knock to the love or the strength of the relationship. But what it is, is saying, look, you value the hard work that has gone into getting you to this point, And you appreciate that value that has gone into that. And I want to share my life with you and we can build and grow in ways together. Together, yes. But if it does not work, I want to at least be able to, at a minimum, walk away with what I brought to the table. And, and I want the same for the other person. And I want the same for you. Yes. I want the same for you. And yes. it's a mutual thing. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. I, I, I'm going to be very clear about that. I'm not a fan when people come and they say, I want a prenup. And then they try to be 
an asshole about the terms. So I'm not the lawyer for you. Okay. I'm the lawyer who's going to draft something that is fair to everybody. And that's important to me because I value and I understand the value and the importance of a prenuptial yeah. agreement. I really do. And I, and, yeah. and so. And anything that's not fair is truly undermining the intention of it. Being that's exactly right. That's exactly uh, right. That's, that's it. So you go into the marriage with good intentions. And a part of that is even if you're creating something like a prenup, then that also has good intent. It does. And let me tell you right now, I'm looking side eye at anybody that comes with a prenup that is not in the spirit of doing right by everybody because then I am questioning your your real intentions, right? I mean, that's yeah, a thing. And your integrity. In your integrity. That's that's exactly right. That is so true. So no, I but I hear you and I agree with you about, you know, in our community, you know, talking about the end of days. We don't talk about we we are we just don't talk about things. Um that's not who we are. But We've got to move from that for ourselves, for our kids, for our legacy. Um, We need to do better about that. But one of the things that a prenup people misunderstand is what it really can do and what it can't do. So, you know, I can't put in terms about you're going to have custody for your children. And, and, you know, I can't, I can reference that you have children or you're soon to be children or whatever have you, but There are some things about child support. The law prevents me from putting certain terms in there. And if you're going to the right person and if you're talking to the right people, they will tell you, well, look, no, you can't put that in there anyway, right? So there's all these, oh, I want to put in some sort of penalty clause if you're cheating or if you gain weight or if you, okay, we will walk through all these things. But, but, you know, if you're coming to me, there's a good chance I'm shutting a lot of that down. But I think it's important to explore. And here's the thing, to each its own. So if after you have educated yourself and we have talked about what a prenuptial mm-hmm. agreement is, the pros, the cons, or however you want to work through it, and you still make the decision, an educated decision to not move forward with that, then so be it. Better you make an educated decision than not. And I think that for me is why having these type of conversations are so, so important because I can't tell you, and I'm a divorce attorney, how many, how many women I know personally who at the 11th hour are like, oh, Kim, you know, maybe I should have thought about that. Yeah, yeah. You should, you know, where you been, you know what I do, but okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and I think once you make that informed decision and should it be not to, okay. Yes. Then I still suggest being strategic as you move through the marriage. Yes. Okay. And so be careful. Be Let careful. Me just say that. Be careful. Be, be careful. Be smart about having joint everything. Joint every single credit card is now joint. Every single bank account is now joint. You've put said spouse on every Thanks. title and deed. Just be careful about that. You can do it, but understand that without that upfront protection, there will be repercussions if 
the marriage doesn't work. Doesn't, yeah, but, it doesn't work. So here's the thing, you know, every state is very different. I think right, that right. it's important to be, again, smart and to be careful about certain things because in places like Illinois where title doesn't matter and I have people come in and say, well, it's only, it's in my name. And I'm like, I know, but you guys opened it after the marriage and money has been right. going in. So that's marital money. And uh, okay. But there are other states, right? Right. That it triggers on title. And so it's important to be careful. But I agree. You know, have some things in your name just in case. Have things, you know, jointly because that that helps as far as logistics or it makes life easy. I I get that. But where I do caution people who don't have anything in their name, there's a couple of things of why that's, that's critical. One... You need a credit history. If you have nothing in your name whatsoever, now I'm now trying to get you divorced. I'm now trying to, you know, help you transition to buy a house. I'm trying to get you to get a credit card or whatever it is. You've got no history. So even if you have one card, you rarely charge on it, have it, it's in your name. But it's also going to be that one card that you might need if you've got a spouse who the minute the divorce filing closes accounts and wants to act a fool before I can run into court. So at least you have something that you have accessible to you. So when we talk about financial security, at least have one credit card. And frankly, I know right now nobody's trying to deal in cash, but I'm always about you just never know. And so, you know, have some cash or the ability to get you some cash. And a lot of times people are like, well, how much should I have? Listen, how much is it to cover your mortgage or your rent or to get an Airbnb for a couple of weeks or pay for some milk and some bread and some cheese for you and your children? That's how much times two I want you to have readily yes. available for you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like I, if I could scream from the mountaintops, I would. <laughs> because it is imperative. Again, I love marriage and relationships, but I just want women to be smarter yes. in the decisions and not in their decisions and not be held hostage to things that can be avoided. It makes me genuinely sad when, when people are saying, I can't afford to leave. Yeah. Or yes. I, you know, I don't have enough money for a security deposit. So to your point, it's important to have credit established in your own name. Yes. Because you may have to rent an apartment. Yeah. Temporarily, permanently, whatever. Or if you do want to refinance the house in your name That's or right. buy a house, you need to have credit established. And trying to do that simultaneously going through the divorce process yes is is very difficult difficult. it's difficult because you need time in order to build your credit and so if you're listening to this today and thinking 2021 might be the year that (laughs) that life changes then now is the time for you to start doing the things that you need to do strategically in order to prepare so something as simple as getting a secure credit card if you never had a card in your own name right? or pulling your credit report to review it and make sure that 
there aren't derogatory things on there that you know nothing about because someone has been making purchases that you don't know anything about Very or true. not paying bills that or you not don't know anything bills. about. Yeah. So this is the time for you to start to become much more informed and involved and engaged with your financial life. It, it really is. I, I can't look, I'm telling you, we are saying the same thing. We are, we are one in the same here. We are and, one in the same. And we could be, you know, we could have this conversation all night and, and yes. it would be fine. Yeah. I do really quickly though, want to jump to girlfriends who are single and dating and the things that they should be thinking about. So before you're even, you know, engaged and the importance of really understanding financial planning and really un- taking kind of ownership of that because I think a lot of us ignore that and then we look up, we're engaged and we have no information. We're happy to turn things over to someone else. So I I, I want to just kind of briefly talk about why it's important even when you're dating to yes. do things like look at your credit report, make sure that your taxes are being filed timely and that you understand them. So these are things that, that we should know. I have two stories. So, well, and one is a story and one is just like an FYI. So I wrote this post maybe about two years ago now called screw love. Are you financially compatible? Okay. So for for your listeners, I'll make sure I send you the link. So you have show notes you can put in the show notes. But in that post, I literally have different categories broken down saying, here are the questions that you can ask. He can ask you, you can ask him if it's a heterosexual relationship, but not whatever. These are the questions that you can ask. Yes. And it it should not be a, it's going to be uncomfortable. It is, but, but get a bottle of wine and call it a day. Right. right. If, if someone is saying, you know, that's none of your business, or I can't believe you're asking me that. Red if they're flag. offended by questions, yes, red flag. Do not ignore this. Now, time, timing is important. Yes. Environment, atmosphere is important. Yes. You know, don't necessarily ask the question when they're watching the Bears game <laughs> or, or their favorite football game. That's, that's right. not that's not the right time. But if you're constantly being shut down when you're asking valid questions with someone who has said they want to build a life with you, then don't don't ignore that. So if nothing else, look at look at that post and say like, hmm, I can take some questions away from here. And now as I'm dating, these are kind of my routine questions to ask and figure out, you know, how you sprinkle them throughout the dates, not I just all on that. one date, right? I love that. And so the other quick story is uh, my cousin, who is maybe a little bit younger than me, he was dating a woman and they just have completely different financial lives, for lack okay. of a better phrase, Okay. And so she was asking him questions about, you know, what's your credit like and whatever. And he was a little evasive because, okay. yeah. <laughs> because it, it isn't the best. And finally, he just came out and said that, you know, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get myself together. And he said that he never really heard from her or she she just said, like, I don't think this is the best time for us. And, okay. you know, the end. And so he said, you know, what do you think about that? Did, I, I think that was kind of kind of bogus. And 
you know, that, that's a lot of nerve. And I said, you, you want my honest answer? <laughs> right. You really want to know? <laughs> you really want to know what I think about I mean... that? I said, I think she was well within her rights. Yes. And it was a mature decision and a transparent decision to yep. make. But at the end of the day, if you're trying to build a relationship with someone, like if your intention is to, to marry and you're not just dating for fun, then those are not only valid questions to ask, but legitimate decisions to make. Yes. If she can bring whatever she brings to the table and you can't match or come close to that. Yep. And you won't within whatever time frame, six months, 12 months or whatever, you're too far apart. You're not financially compatible in the moment. Maybe in, you're, you'll get yourself together sooner than later and you can circle back and say, hey, ta-da, I'm here. Let's right. do this, right. Right. right? right. But right now, how is that fair to her? How, well, how can you be upset with her? You can't be. But here's the thing. I think people get all in their feelings when somebody says, what's your debt? What are your spending habits? How much money do you have in savings? How much do you earn? Listen, this isn't about anybody being a gold digger. This is about, is this going to work? Because here's what I don't need. I don't need a leech. I don't need somebody who is bringing me down. And look, love doesn't pay the bills. Period. You were reading my mind. I was just saying love does not pay the bills. I am happily married. And I am... A pro marriage, one hundred percent. But I'm also a realist, yeah. And I also know that if you're in a situation and you are dating somebody who is dodgy and being shady about their finances, get your shoes and get moving because it's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's only going to get worse. So, and unless the caveat I will say is. Unless they are very open and transparent and saying, I am trying. I'm working I recognize the mistakes that I've made. Yes. And I am serious about getting my life together and doing what I need to do so that we yes. can be okay. You're right. Then I respect that, right? And, yes. and and a woman has to decide if that's the work that they're willing to to put in and be on that journey with them. But if you have someone that is just saying, F everything. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to talk about yes. it. I don't want to deal with it. I want to be clear. You're this isn't, this that. is by no means saying you have to date somebody who is on your same in, income right. level. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is being able to be open and transparent about certain fundamental things. So yes. you cannot, you cannot play around with how much debt do you have and not get a straight answer? That's just not a thing. Right. But if you have someone who says, look, I have X amount of credit card debt. Here are the steps that I'm doing to pay these bills. Here's the plan I have in place. Can we work through? Can we talk about what has worked for you? Then that's a different ball game. But if you have somebody who is constantly trying to change the conversation yes. or gets very defensive when you try to have conversations around money, they are red flags. They they really are. And and I caution any anyone from trying to ignore them with the hope that it will change or or it will get better because once you get married, those things generally don't. And what happens 
is resentment builds up and it you end up in my office um i mean that's really what happens you end up in my office and frankly i'm the one saying oh but wait it looks like this has been around for a while um so what's the story you know or you're saying to me I paid off twenty, thirty thousand dollars of my spouse's debt when we got married to now find out that they have racked up another thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars of debt that I didn't know anything about. I mean, that's what that's upsetting on so many levels. And so yeah, I, I think it, right, it is right. absolutely, absolutely important to have those conversations when you're dating. And then a different type when you're engaged and even throughout the course of your marriage, being open, honest about finances such that if you do, in fact, end up at a place where divorce is on the table, you at least are able to be able to speak to the finances and the history of the finances in your relationship in some way, because that's that is important, and that circles back to how we began this conversation, which is being educated, having a plan, yes. and being strategic, because all of those things make a difference. They do, and I just want to add one of the healthiest things that you can do if you are dating, and once you become engaged or get married, is making sure that there's a routine around financial discussions. They shouldn't happen, you know, by accident when there's a problem, right. when a bill doesn't get paid or someone forgot to, to do, do something that's critically important related to your money. You should get in the habit of having the conversations. It could be just the two of you, or if you really want to be badass, you can include other financial services experts. Yes. That makes sense. So for example, Review your life insurance. Make sure you have enough coverage. Review your retirement assets. And we just have to reiterate, you do not have to be wealthy no. to work with these professionals. You you don't. You don't. You can have a financial advisor. You don't have to be a millionaire. You, you don't even have to have $500,000 no, in the don't. bank. you don't. You, you can start where you are, the right financial advisor, the right financial coach, financial planner. There, there are many different types of financial experts, but they can meet you where you are yes. and help you along the journey. So make that a part of your habit to say, hey, every six months, babe, we're going to sit down and talk to, to our insurance agent. We're going to sit down let's and talk to- Just do a check-in. You know, yeah, the, that's it. Let's just that's see how it. things are going. Let's yes. do a check-in. It, it. It's important. And, and I agree with you. You do not have to be wealthy to get the help, it will help with wealth creation. Absolutely. You know, that makes all the difference. So whether it's, and, and the same with having somebody work with you on your tax planning, because that too, there are experts, there yes. are people out there who know what they are doing yes. and, you know, can help use you them. save <laughs> some, some money on some taxes. Use them, use them, use the resources that you have. So you could pay seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. Okay, don't like even start me. Don't, don't, nope, nope, not today, Nikki. Not today. I'm just joking. Okay. okay, listen, I can't even tell you how fantastic this information that you have shared with us today has been. I'm telling you, 
We are so, so grateful. You will be back because this is, this clearly <laughs> is a conversation that can go on forever because money is one of those things that yeah. needs to be talked about. Financial planning needs to be talked about. Protecting ourselves and our legacy is so important. And so I am super excited that we've started this conversation on this episode. But uh, I trust and believe, listeners, Nikki will be repeat guest on, on the Girl and Girl podcast. She is educated. She is empowering. And she is definitely a grown girl and has to come back and hang out with me some more. Oh, so. I would I would absolutely love to. Um, I'm just super excited about the journey that we have together with just our relationship. And we're so in sync on so many we things. We are so in it's sync. Kind of scary. It's, it is a, it's a little scary. It's a little scary, but that it's all right. It's a little scary. Yeah. You know, we are doing yeah. what we can. So listen, tell us about the firm approach and where we can connect with with you to get ourselves all the way together. Yeah, yeah. So there are a couple of different ways. I like to say there are opportunities to work with us for free and there are opportunities to work with us for a fee. But <laughs> the, the, one of the simplest things that you can do to help yourself um, along your financial journey is grab our ultimate financial resource guide. So it's an annual guide that we put out every single year that covers, it's pretty extensive. It covers everything from earning more money on a part-time basis to a recurring basis to savings and budgets and investments. And if you're just trying to narrow down the options, we've done all the research for you. We've given you the pros and cons. We've given you the links and it's all in one place. So it's there for you whenever you need to grab it. You can get it right on our website, thefirmapproach.com. Firm has two eyes, but I know you'll you'll have the links and everything available yes. for your guests. We also hang out on social media a little bit. So you can find us on Facebook under The Firm Approach and also Instagram under The Firm Approach. And then can I talk about SPS for a second? Yes, please. All right. And so the other cool thing that we have, and I'm really, really excited about this, is a new offer on-demand digital resource. And Kimberly and I partnered on that. And so she's featured. So if you're a fan and you're looking for, for ways to, to be a little bit more intimate with yes. Kimberly, you can grab our um, digital resource silent preparation series. And so the silent preparation series is intended for women that are still deciding <laughs> what yes. you want to do. You're at the very, very beginning stages. So you're considering divorce or Again, you just want to know, where should I start? What should I expect? And so we have featured divorce experts, um, myself, Kimberly, a therapist, divorce coach. We have our ultimate divorce financial resource, ultimate divorce resource guide included in the asylum preparation series. And it's a low cost option for you with high value. So definitely recommend you checking that out as well. I absolutely recommend are. To check oh, it out. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. It's a fantastic resource. So fortunate that you were able to pull that together with the resources that you were able to get. And so I absolutely highly awesome. recommend it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to come back. I love hanging out with you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations.